اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورت الزخرف سورت الزخرف is a مکی سورة and it has 89 verses the word زخرف comes in ayah number 35 of the سورة and زخرف means ornaments adornment glitter and the سورة discusses exactly Zukhruf as in the reality of Zukhruf. And what is that? This dunya. What appears to be beautiful, but in reality is temporary. And unless and until a person realizes the value, the worth of this dunya, he cannot really strive for the akhirah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Hamim. Wal kitabil mubin. Hamim, huruf muqatta'at. Wal kitabil mubin. By the book, meaning the Quran, that is mubin, that is clear. Clear, as in direct in its message. Unambiguous and unapologetically explicit. Meaning its message is not hidden. Because people might not like to hear it. No. It is clear in its message. And mubin also means that which clarifies. So this book also clarifies the path of guidance from misguidance. It clarifies the truth from falsehood. Inna ja'alnahu. What's the jawab of the qasm? Because wal kitab, an oath is being taken. What's the response of this oath? That inna ja'alnahu. Indeed we have rendered it. Meaning the Qur'an, this kitab, we have rendered it as a Qur'anan Arabiyan. As a Qur'an that is Arabi, that is Arabic. Meaning, we have sent it in the Arabic language. The word Ja'ala, many people think that the word Ja'ala means Khalaqa. Ja'ala means to create. But Ja'ala does not mean create only. Yes, sometimes it gives the meaning of khalaqa, but not always. The word ja'ala is a general verb, and it can actually apply to all verbs, all actions. Alright? Just as the word make in English, it can apply to cooking. Who made the cookies? I made the cookies. It can apply to accounting, right? I made the reports. It can apply to setting up your bed sheets. I made the bed. It can apply to so many things. The word make is a very general verb. Likewise, in the Arabic language, the word ja'ala is a general fa'l. And it applies to many, many verbs, many actions. So over here, ja'ala gives the meaning of that we have rendered it. Not that we have created it, khalaqa. No, that we have rendered it. Meaning we have sent it as, we have composed it as a Qur'anan Arabiyan, an Arabic Qur'an. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that you, O people, can understand. You can understand its message. Meaning Allah has chosen the Arabic language because of its clarity, because of its understandability, especially to the people that were present at the time of the Prophet wasallam. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 195, Allah says, بِلِسَانٍ عَرَبِيٍ مُبِينٍ In the language that is Arabic, which is clear. Meaning in Arabic also, it's in the most clear and eloquent form. So there is no difficulty in comprehending its meaning. وَإِنَّهُ And indeed it, meaning the Qur'an is. فِي 
it is in. Meaning the original Qur'an is recorded where? In Ummil Kitab, in the mother of the book. Ummil Kitab is another name for Lawhul Mahfuz. And why is it called Ummul Kitab? Because the mother is the source. I mean, children come from their mother, right? She's the source. So, Ummul Kitab, the Lawhul Mahfuz, the preserved tablet, is called Ummul Kitab because it's the source, it's the asl. Right? Why? Because in Lawhul Mahfuz, everything is written. So, innahu fi Ummul Kitab. The original is recorded where? In the preserved tablet. And ladayna, the Qur'an, ladayna, near us. How is it? What is its status? Ladayna, near us, meaning near Allah. The status of the Qur'an is that la'aliyun. Surely it is ali, exalted. And near Allah, this Qur'an is hakim, full of wisdom. Meaning the Qur'an has a very special status near Allah. It is Ali and Hakim. Ali meaning that which is above another. So it has a position of honor over all other scriptures. It has a position of honor, a very high position near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is Hakim, full of wisdom. Hakim also means muhkam, meaning one that is protected, strong, solidified, so that none can alter it, none can change it. So it is Hakim, full of wise instruction, and also such that no one can alter this book or abrogate it. In Surah Waqi'ah, ayah 77 to 81 also, Something similar is mentioned. That, إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونٌ That the original Qur'an is where? فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونٌ In a preserved record. لَا يَمَسُّهُ إِلَّا الْمُطَهَّرُونَ None can touch that except the purified ones. Meaning none can reach the original لَوْحُ الْمَحْفُوظِ Except who? The purified angels. In Surah Abasa, ayah number 11 also we learn, كَلَّا إِنَّهَا تَذْكِرَ فَمَنْ شَاءَ ذَكَرَ فِي صُحُفٍ مُكَرَّمَةٍ مَرْفُوعَةٍ مُطَهَّرَةٍ So why is this mentioned? That recognize the value of this book. And if you don't, then realize that this book is still exalted. It is still perfect. أَفَنَضْرِبُ A should. فَذَنْ نَضْرِبُ we do darb. Ankum, away from you. Daraba means to hit, to strike. And as you know, the word daraba has many other meanings also. Right? Of them is to present. Like darbul mathal, to present an example. To mention something. And daraba an, an as in away, what would it mean? It means to not do something, meaning to stop, to cease, to not do it anymore. So, ankum. Should we then turn away from you what a dhikra, the message. What message? The Qur'an. Should we turn it away from you, meaning should we stop sending it to you? Should we stop revealing it? Safhan. While disregarding Safhan From the root letters Sad, Fa, Ha Safh And Safh 
is used for the side of the neck and also for the palm. Over here, safhan as safh meaning while turning away from you. Because when you when you show the side of your neck to somebody, what does it mean? What does it mean? I'm not facing you. I'm turning away from you. Right? When you show your palm to someone, what does it mean? What does it mean? Stop. I'm not interested. Right? So, safhan while disregarding. Meaning, should we turn the message away from you while disregarding you? Because un that, meaning because, kuntum, you are qawman, a people who are musrifeen, ones who are extravagant. Plural of the word musrif, one who does israf. Extravagant meaning extreme. That because you are a people who are extreme in your denial, in your wrong actions, extreme in your argumentation and refusal and mockery and opposition, and you are extreme in your bad manners, should we stop sending the message to you? What does it mean? No, we're not going to stop. No matter how much you turn away, no matter how much you misbehave, no matter how much you oppose and deny and refuse, the revelation of the Qur'an is not going to cease. The Qur'an is still going to be sent, no matter how much you resist it, no matter how much you oppose it. This ayah, it's in a way very, very loving. You see, sometimes a person is giving something very good, something very useful to another. And the person whom he's giving it to, he doesn't want it. Like for example, you could be at a party. There's delicious food and you're not eating. And somebody says, eat. And you say, no, no, thank you. Said, no, no, eat. Where's your plate? I'm like, I don't have it. I don't want any food. No, no, I'll get you the plate. They get you the plate. They're like, no, no, just please put very, very little. What are you talking about? I want to give you. They keep pouring food despite your refusal. Why? Why are they insisting that you eat, that you take, and not just a little bit, but more? Why? Because of their love for you. Because of their concern for you. The Prophet ﷺ, he conveyed the Qur'an to the people, correct? What was the reaction of the people? فَأَعْرَضَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ Majority of them turned away. They said, we don't want to hear. We don't want to know. They put their hands on their ears and they went away. The Prophet ﷺ would come to them and they would disperse. The Prophet ﷺ would recite and they would make noise. So what happened? Generally, if you think about it, if somebody is opposing you in this way, avoiding you in this way, what would you do? You'd say, okay, suit yourself. You're not interested? Fine, that's okay. You're not interested? It's okay. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? It's not okay. You don't want it? We'll still give it to you. You don't want to hear the Qur'an? You don't want to know the Qur'an? You don't want to have the Qur'an? You want us to stop this revelation? Well, too bad, you're still getting it. Because you know what? You need it. And right now, you don't understand. But soon, you will understand. أَفَنَضْرِبُ عَنْكُمُ الذِّكْرَ صَفْحًا أَنْ كُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا مُسْرِفِينَ and you see, Musrifin, 
you know, kafirin has not been said, musrifin has been said, because really the people of Makkah were behaving in an extreme way with the Prophet ﷺ. If someone is very ill-mannered with you, right, they're very rough with you, very crude with you, very harsh with you, they stoop to a very low level in opposing you, right, they say the most harshest of things, you would think, okay, I think that's enough, I get it, they don't want it, so I should stop, Right? But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? No. No stopping. أَفَنَضْرِبُ عَنْكُمُ الذِّكْرَ صَفْحًا أَنْ كُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا مُسْرِفِينَ Should we not advise you because you don't want to hear? No. We will tell you. Even if you don't want to know. We're not going to stop. Now what happens is that generally a person gets offended. Right? When he is received with such harshness and disregard. And then what does he do? He stops. You are talking to somebody about the importance of salah, right? You're telling them about tawheed, you're telling them about, you know, the Qur'an, and they just say, I'm not interested. Or they say something really harsh to you. What would we do? Zip your mouth, don't say anything. Don't even try next time. Because we have been hurt, we have been offended. But what does this ayah teach us? That the muballigh, the one who is conveying, the one who is conveying the Qur'an, when he's received with such harshness, with such refusal, such extreme denial, should he get offended and stop and give up? Is that what he's supposed to do? No, he cannot give up. Because think about it, if the Prophet ﷺ gave up, then what would happen? If he gave up, then what would happen? You see, it's very natural when people hear something for the first time and it just doesn't click. What happens? They refuse. But then you have to keep trying. You have to keep trying. Why? Because you care about them. Isn't it? So your desire to benefit them should not be dictated by their desire to receive. You understand? That just because they're not interested, I should not offer. No. Even if they're not interested, you will still offer. And you must offer. Because they need it. You know, children, little children, when you're trying to feed them vegetables and, you know, good stuff, what's their initial response? Ugh, I don't want it. Right? What is that thing? They don't even want to look at it. They look at the dinner and they say, no, I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that green thing, that spinach. I'm not eating it. I remember somebody told me once, or I don't know, maybe I read it in an article, I don't remember, a long time ago I read this, or somebody told me, Allahu alam, that you must try 18 times before deciding that your child does not like a particular food. Yes. Give it 18 tries. 18, separate. What happens is, we offer the broccoli, and the child says, uh-uh. He doesn't even touch it. But then what happens? If we think, oh, my son doesn't like broccoli, I'll never buy broccoli, and I will never cook it, and I will never even offer it. You're actually depriving your child. You need to make at least 18 attempts. And believe me, this is speaking from experience. It works. By the fifth, sixth, seventh maybe, they'll be munching on broccoli, happily. Eventually. 
But you know who has to try very hard? We have to. And why would you try to feed vegetables to your children anyway? Because they need them. I mean, okay, you could do such things also, blend it, hide it in the food, but some kids are just too smart. They will taste it. They will find the green specks and they will say, what's that? And besides, you want them to see things as they are and appreciate them as they are. So the point I'm making over here is that if in worldly matters, we have to try so many times to get something across, why is it that with the Qur'an, we give up on the first try? Why? Don't give up. Try. If it didn't work for the first time, try again. And then after some time, try again. And then after some time, try again. And you will see, inshallah, eventually... It will work. Didn't this happen in the time of the Prophet ﷺ? Weren't there people who didn't want to hear the Qur'an and then later on they became reciters of the Qur'an? Didn't Umar ﷺ go out of his house to kill the Prophet ﷺ? And what happened then? He accepted. Isn't it? So, أَفَنَضْرِبُ عَنْكُمُ الذِّكْرَ الصَّفْحًا أَنْ كُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا مُسْرِفِينَ No, we're not gonna stop. Even if you don't like it. Because we care about you too much. So what's the lesson over here? In the ayah, what's the lesson? Keep trying. Keep trying. No matter how many times you've tried before, keep trying. And by keep trying, I don't mean you nag and harass somebody. Because that's something that we are forbidden from. But rather, that you don't give up. You try, let them forget about it, and then you try again. Just like the broccoli, you offer the broccoli, if you offer it for lunch, the child refuses, you offer it for dinner? No, no, it's not going to work. Give it a few days and then offer again. Give it a few days and then offer again. Give time in the middle. I don't know if you read, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, his father, he accepted Islam days before he passed away. And I remember listening to a lecture a long time ago in which he had mentioned about his father that he had given him the Qur'an to read and he asked him, what is it that interested you or amazed you about the Qur'an? And he said a few things, but you know, nothing really about tawheed or inclination to accept Islam. But that's the thing, you don't give up. You keep trying, you keep trying. Didn't the Prophet ﷺ try when Abu Talib was on his deathbed? Wasn't he trying even at that time? He was. You see, we want vegetables for our children because it's healthy for their bodies. You know what's even more essential for them? What's more essential? Quran, Iman. And not just for our children, but for everybody. So if we really care about humanity, if we really say that we are sincere and loving people and concerned people, then we better want the haq for them, the Quran for them. Because that is what will bring them eternal success. And for that, we have to keep trying. وَكَمْ and how many أَرُسَلْنَا We have sent مِنْ نَبِيٍ Of Prophet. Meaning so many Prophets we sent. فِي الْأَوَّلِينَ فِي in Meaning amongst الْأَوَّلِينَ The first ones meaning the former people, the first generations, the earlier people. How many Prophets did Allah send? Many, many so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is not the first prophet. Before him, many prophets were sent. In fact, he's the last prophet. Wama yatihim, wama and not yatihim. He comes to them. Min nabiyin, any prophet. Meaning to the previous people, 
no prophet came illa except kanu bihi kanu they were bihi with him meaning to him or at him yastahzi'un they mock meaning no prophet came except that he was mocked at by his people he was ridiculed by his people in surah yasin ayah 30 also allah says ma ya'tihim mir rasulin illa kanu bihi yastahzi'un فَأَهْلَكْنَا So we destroyed أَشَدَّ Greater Mightier مِنْهُمْ Than them Than who? Than the people of Makkah Who are right now Denying the Prophet ﷺ At the time when these verses were revealed obviously Who were denying him And mocking at him And ridiculing him Allah says We destroyed Those who were stronger than them بَطْشَ In striking power Batsh, ba-ta-sheen. What does it mean? Quwa, force, toughness, strength. The ability to strike, to hit back, to attack. So, these previous people were much stronger than them in terms of physical power and force. But what happened? They were destroyed. Wa-ma-da. And it has passed, it has proceeded. Ma-da, meem da From the same root is the word ma-di. What does ma-di mean? past. So mada, it has preceded. Mathalu, example of who? Al-awwaleen of the former peoples. Meaning the description of their destruction has already been mentioned to you. Meaning no need to repeat all those stories over here because it's well known. You know. You know exactly what happened. And mathal over here can be understood as description and it can also be understood as an example, as in a lesson. Meaning they are a lesson. What happened with them is a lesson. In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 56, we learn, فَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ سَلَفًا وَمَثَلًا لِلْآخِرِينَ We made them an example for the later generations. So what's the lesson here? That no matter how strong they were, those who mocked and made fun of their prophets were ultimately ruined. So what is it that prevented the people of Makkah from believing in the Prophet ﷺ, from accepting this Qur'an? It was Tawheed. They loved their idols too much. Because idolatry was a part of their culture, their tradition, their business. Their whole lives revolved around idolatry. Everything was related to idolatry. They didn't want to give it up. So, وَلَا إِن سَأَلْتَهُمْ If you were to ask them, مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Who is it that created the skies and the earth? لَيَقُولُنَّ Surely they would definitely say, خَلَقَهُنَّ He created them. Who created them? The one who is Al-Aziz and Al-Alim. The one who is exalted in might and the one who is knowing. Because these mighty skies and mighty mountains and earth and everything, only the one who is exalted in might could have created this. And Al-Alim, the knowing one. You see, the people of Makkah, they believed in the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does rububiyyah mean? Lordship. The fact that Allah is the Rabb. Rabb as in Khaliq, Malik, Mudabbir. Creator, owner. They believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way. But when it came to uluhiyyah, and what is uluhiyyah? Uluhiyyah, to believe in the fact that He is ilah. Meaning, worshipping only Him. Believing that all worship is exclusively for Him. This is where they had a problem. They dedicated their worship to others besides Allah also. So 
the belief in uluhiyah is being emphasized over here, that if he is the one who created everything, then why shouldn't he be the one who is worshipped? Why not? الَّذِي the one who جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ The one who has made for you the earth. And how has he made the earth for you? مَهْدًا A cradle, a bed. مَهْد مِيمْ دَال When you think of a bed, what comes to your mind? Sleep, rest, comfort. And especially مَهْد What is prepared for a child, for a baby, that is more cozy and comfy and relaxing. So, He has made the earth for you as a mahd, as in a peaceful, secure abode. You can actually live on this planet. Despite the fact that inside this planet is what? Fire. Right? And lava or whatever. And it's spewing out from so many different places. So many things could go wrong. So many things could literally... Wipe out human populations. However, Allah has made the earth habitable for human beings. So, الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مَهْدًا Also we see that the earth is constantly moving, so fast. But do we feel that movement? Do we? No. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ And He has made for you, فِيهَا in it, meaning in the earth He has made for you, سُبُلًا Paths, ways, plural of the word sabil, meaning roads, natural pathways. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So that you may be guided. Meaning you can be guided to your destinations wherever you want to go. You journey on these roads, on these paths, and then you reach your intended, your desired destinations. And what does this mean? That Allah has created the earth not just as a secure abode for you, but also such that you can fulfill your needs over here. And for the fulfillment of needs, what is necessary? Travel. You have to go from one place to the other. So that also Allah has facilitated for you. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ فِيهَا سُبُولًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So to stabilize the earth, what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on the earth? Mountains. Right? But despite those mountains, it's not that Travel is impossible. No, from within the mountains, from between the mountains, there are natural pathways also. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 31, Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَا فِي الْأَرْضِ رَوَاسِيَ أَن تَمِيدَ بِهِمْ وَجَعَلْنَا فِيهَا فِجَاجًا سُبُلًا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ In Surah Al-Dhariyat, Ayah 48, وَالْأَرْضَ فَرَشْنَاهَا We spread it. فَنِعْمَ الْمَاهِدُونَ How excellent we have prepared it. In Surah An-Naba, Ayah 6 and 7, أَلَمْ نَجْعَلِ الْأَرْضَ مِهَادَ Have we not made the earth as a as a cradle, as a bed, as a peaceful abode, secure abode, وَالْجِبَالَ أَوْتَادَ And the mountains as pegs to stabilize the earth. وَالَّذِي And the one who نَزَّلَ He has sent down مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky, مَاءً Water. How? بِقَدَرٍ In measured amounts. Qadar, qaf, dal, ra. Certain quantity, not haphazardly. Allah sends rain down according to a certain measure. Meaning, it was intended for a place that at a certain time, a certain amount of rain should fall. Not more, not less. Not before, not after. Rain does not fall at random. That's basically what this ayah is teaching us. It doesn't fall at random. It doesn't 
fall haphazardly. It's all intended. It's decided by Allah. فَأَنشَرْنَا Then we revive. أَنشَرْنَا نُون شِينْ رَأْ الحمد لله الذي أحيانا بعدما أماتنا وإليهن نشور نشور from the same root. نَشَرَ has multiple meanings. It gives a meaning of reviving something as in bringing it to life. And this is why resurrection is also called نشور وإليهن نشور bring to life. Secondly, it means to rise, to cause something to rise. And then thirdly, it also means to scatter or to spread it. Because that's what happens. A person is asleep, wakes up, gets up, and then all over the place. So, فَأَنشَرْنَا over here gives a meaning of أَحْيَيْنَا that we revive, we bring back to life. Meaning by that rain, أَنشَرْنَا بِهِ بِهِ as in with that rain, we revive بَلْدَةً مَيْتَ a dead land. Dead land as in barren, empty of any vegetation, unproductive, nothing was growing on it. But it was brought back to life because of rain. كَذَلِكَ تُخْرَجُونَ Just like that, you will be brought out. You have difficulty believing in resurrection? Well, look at how dead land is brought to life after rain. So in the same way that Allah revives dead land, He will also revive dead people. He will bring them back to life on the Day of Judgment. And by the way, كَذَلِكَ تُخْرَجُونَ Remember that at the time of resurrection, there will actually be a rain that will cause bodies to grow, emerge, and resurrect. We learned this from a hadith in Bukhari. So, وَالَّذِي خَلَقَ الْأَزْوَاجَ And he is the one who has created الْأَزْوَاج Azwaj, plural of the word zawj. And what does it mean? Pairs. Male and female in living beings, in living things. And in non-living things, one of a pair as in one that completes a set. So, he has created the pairs. Which pairs? Kullaha, All of them. Meaning all pairs that exist, who created them? Who created them? Allah created them. Azwaj, zawj, also means type or kind. So, species. So he is the one who has created different types of creatures, kullaha, all of them, meaning all the different types of creatures that exist, Allah created them. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ And He has made for you مِنَ الْفُلْكِ From the ships وَالْأَنْعَامِ And the grazing livestock. What has he made from these? ما تركبون That which you embark. Why? In order to travel from one place to the other. Fulk, ships, meaning at sea. You travel through ships, on ships. والأنعام, grazing livestock, meaning these animals that you use for travel on land. ما تركبون In Surah Yasin, Ayah 36 also, Allah says, سبحان الذي خلق الأزواج كلها Perfect is the one who has created all pairs. Right? And then he has also created the means of transportation for you. In Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 8, Allah says, وَالْخَيْلَ وَالْبِغَالَ وَالْحَمِيرَ لِتَرْكَبُوهَا وَزِينَ That خَيْلْ بِغَالْ حَمِيرَ What are they? Horses, mules, donkeys. He has created them such that you can ride on them and journey from one place to the other. And there are also zina. وَيَخْلُقُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And he creates that which you don't know. Meaning you don't know yet about those creatures, but Allah has created them. So 
In this ayah, at the end of the ayah, what blessing is mentioned? The blessing of? Of transportation. لِتَسْتَوُوا So that you may settle. تَسْتَوُوا سِينْ وَوْيَا سَوَا What does سَوَا mean? Same. Right? istawa. What does istawa mean? To rise. But remember that when the word istawa is followed by ala, like over here, لِتَسْتَوُوا ala, Then it also gives a meaning of rising and settling. Becoming stable and balanced. Like for example, if you were to sit on a horse, okay, maybe many of us won't do that, but when you would sit on your bike, how would you sit? How would you sit? Before riding, that you sit in a way that you are stable and well balanced. Not that you're leaning on one side or leaning on the other side. No. Zuhur, plural of the word Zahar. And what does Zahar mean? Back. Meaning on the backs of these animals, you sit and you become comfortable and secure and well balanced. And then when you do that, then you begin your journey. Then you start riding. Right? But when you do that, ثُمَّ تَذْكُرُوا Then you remember. And this is an encouragement, a command. Like, come on, you should remember نِعْمَةَ رَبِّكُمْ The blessing of your Lord. Which blessing? The blessing of transportation. Because imagine if the only way of getting from one place to the other was walking. Just imagine how difficult life would be. ثُمَّ تَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ رَبِّكُمْ Especially when should you remember this blessing? إِذَا اسْتَوَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ إِذَا when اسْتَوَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ When you have settled yourselves on your vehicle. Settled yourself as in you're sitting well balanced. So for example, when you get into the car, you know when you're getting in, your one foot is in and the other foot is out. Right? Or once you sit in, you get into your seat, you're not really sitting straight. No, إِذَسْتَوَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ means you're settled, you've put your belt on basically. You've got your seat belt on. Then at that time, remember the blessing of your Lord. And as you remember, what should you say? Allah teaches us. وَتَقُولُوا And you say, سُبْحَانَ الَّذِي سَخَّرَ لَنَا هَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لَهُ مُقْرِنِينَ so this dua is actually from the Qur'an. Right? This dua is from the Qur'an. Allah has revealed this dua. Allah has taught us this dua. How important this dua is. Subhanallah, Exalted is the one who, perfect is the one who has sakhara lana, who has subjected for us. What has he subjected for us? Hada this. And what does hada refer to? What you're sitting on. Whether it's a bike, or a plane, or a car, or a bus, or anything else, or a train, even a horse, any vehicle, a ship, anything you're sitting on, any vehicle, this is what Allah has subjected it for us. Because if Allah had not subjected it for us, we wouldn't be able to use it for transportation. Isn't it? If Allah had not subjected oil for us, or electricity for us, or metal for us, then could we have made these cars and, and different modes or forms of transportation or different vehicles? Could we have invented them? Could we have made them at all? No. Allah subjected these means for us. 
And it's because of that that we can use them for transportation. وَمَا كُنَّا لَهُ مُقْرِنِينَ وَمَا And not kunna we were لَهُ for it, meaning for this vehicle that we're sitting on, we could never have on our own مُقْرِنِينَ ones to subdue it. We could never have done that ourselves. Muqrinin, plural of the word muqrin. Muqrin is basically one who does ikran. Ikran is to connect one thing with the other. Qarun. Alright, to connect one thing with the other. And the word is also used for putting a yoke on an animal. And what does that mean? That it's been captured, and it's going to be tamed, it's going to be trained, and that means it's under control. So, وَمَا كُنَّا لَهُ مُقْرِنِينَ If Allah did not allow, we could never have subjected this creature ourselves and tame it and make it in this way so that we can travel. وَإِنَّا And indeed we, the dua continues, إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا To our Lord, لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ Surely ones who return. Meaning definitely we are going back to Allah. Now this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself has taught us that we should say every time we journey. Every time we are sitting on a vehicle, whether that's an animal or anything else. Now what happens is, that this is an excellent way of making your journey, your travel, as ibadah. Because what happens is that your typical car trip or bus trip or whatever it is that you take to go from one place to the other on a regular basis, that time turns into what? that you're basically trying to kill that time. You know, it takes 10 minutes, you're just waiting for those 10 minutes to get over so that you can get off the bus. But when you sit and you say this dua, those 10 minutes are what? An ibadah. Because you are acknowledging that this is a blessing from Allah. You are praising Him, you're thanking Him. You are acknowledging your need for Allah. And the whole journey turns into an ibadah. And what this ayah is also teaching us that whatever vehicle we have, whatever means of transportation we have, it has been subjected for us by who? By Allah. Meaning Allah gave the ability. And if Allah did not give the ability, you wouldn't be able to even ride a bike. You wouldn't be able to even drive a car. You wouldn't be able to get on a bus. You wouldn't be able to. And you know, it's very easy to start feeling proud. That, oh, I'm sitting in a plane, business class, luxury, and so lucky, and so whatever. I'm sitting in this car. I got the best seat on the bus. At this time, it's necessary that we humble ourselves. So what does this dua do? It teaches us. What does it teach us? Humility. That this is Allah's favor on me, not my own accomplishment. And وَإِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ Every journey should remind us that we are going to return to Allah. Just as I'm sitting in the car, I'm going to school, and when I get to school, the journey is going to end. Right? Similarly, I'm living, and one day, my life is going to come to an end. وَإِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ Every time you sit on a vehicle... You have an intended destination. As we're living through this life, there is a destination. And what is that destination? Where does this journey end? إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا To our Lord, لَمُنْ قَدِبُونَ This is why the Prophet ﷺ said that كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبٌ أَوْ عَابِرُ السَّبِيلِ That live in the world as if you were a stranger or a traveler. Because his life is a 
journey. We learned that once Ali radiallahu anhu, when he was a khalifa, an animal was brought so that he could ride on it. And as he put his foot in the stirrup to climb onto that animal, he said, Bismillah. So when he put his foot on the stirrup to climb, what did he say? Bismillah. So for example, you open the door of the car, what do you say? Bismillah. And then, when he had settled himself on its back, then he recited this dua, Subhanalladhi sakhara lana hadha wa ma kunna lahu muqrineen, wa inna ila rabbina lamunqalibun. And then, three times he said, Alhamdulillah. What did he say after the dua? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And then, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then he said, Subhanaka la ilaha illa anta qad ghalamtu nafsi faghfirli. He basically sought forgiveness. He did istighfar. And then he smiled. So somebody was watching him and they said, what's going on? Why are you smiling? And why so much, you know, so many duas and uh, dhikr. And he replied that I saw the messenger of Allah wasallam do as I have done. That once an animal was brought to him and as he was getting on top of it, he said, Bismillah. When he settled, this is what he said. And then he smiled. And when I asked him, he said that your Lord is pleased when his servant seeks his forgiveness. When the servant says, Astaghfirullah, Oh Allah, forgive me. Allah is pleased. Why is Allah pleased? Because a servant has firm faith that none but Allah can forgive sins. So as we sit in the car and start our usual trip or any other bus or whatever, what is it that we need to do? Also, istighfar and dhikr. When boarding a ship, what's the dua? Bismillahi majreha wa mursaha. Inna rabbi lagafurur rahim. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حامين والكتاب المبين إنا جعلناه قرآنا عربيا لعلكم تعقلون وَإِنَّهُ فِي أُمِّ الْكِتَابِ لَدَيْنَا لَعَلِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ أَفَنَضْرِبُ عَنْكُمُ الذِّكْرَ صَفْحًا أَنْ كُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا مُسْرِفِينَ وَكَمْ أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ نَبِيٍّ فِي الْأَوَّلِينَ وَمَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ نَبِيٍّ إِلَّا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ فَأَهْلَكْنَا أَشَدَّ مِنْهُمْ بَطْشًا وَمَضَى مَثَلُ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ لَيَقُولُنَّ خَلَقَهُنَّ الْعَزِيزُ الْعَلِيمُ 
الذي جعل لكم الأرض مهدا وجعل لكم فيها سبلا لعلكم تهتدون والذي نزل من السماء ماء بقدر فأنشرنا به بلدة ميتا كذلك تخرجون والذي خلق الأزواج كلها وجعل لكم من الفلك والأنعام ما تركبون لتستووا على ظهوره ثم تذكروا نعمة ربكم إذا استويتم عليه وتقولوا وَتَقُولُوا سُبْحَانَ الَّذِي سَخَّرَ لَنَا هَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لَهُ مُقْرِنِينَ وَإِنَّا إِلَى رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ 